From the virtual newsroom of Impact Alpha, this is your Impact Briefing for Friday, October 22nd. I'm Monique Aiken. Today, I'm joined by Impact Alpha's Amy Cortese, who's been all over the COP26 Climate Summit this week. Hi, Amy. Hi, Monique. But first, here's what you need to know from the week in Impact Investing. The consensus take on the first week of the COP26 Climate Summit in Glasgow may be something like exceeding low expectations. More than 90 countries pledged to cut methane emissions 30% by 2030. 100 nations and dozens of corporations and financial firms agreed to halt deforestation by 2030. And financial institutions and funds representing $130 trillion in assets signed onto the Glasgow Financial Alliance for Net Zero requiring them to set science-based targets to reach net zero carbon emissions across their portfolios by 2050. More from COP26 after the headlines. A new International Sustainability Standards Board will set a global baseline for sustainability and climate reporting. The effort is led by the International Financial Reporting Standards Foundation, which sets accounting standards for much of the world. Tech is key to Kenya's recovery from COVID. Impact Alpha's Jessica Pothering reports from Nairobi that the streets are clogged with small merchants, but businesses and jobs are still suffering. A new report argues that ag tech, fintech, and climate tech investments can boost the resilience of Kenya's farmers, informal businesses, and gig workers. Here's an acronym worth knowing, NOAH, or NOAA, for Naturally Occurring Affordable Housing. That means unsubsidized housing units that are at risk of being converted to luxury apartments in gentrifying neighborhoods. Lincoln Avenue Capital in Los Angeles acquired a majority stake in HPET, or Housing Partnership Equity Trust, a real estate investment trust that helps nonprofit developers preserve NOAA units. And the Families and Workers Fund is helping states fix broken unemployment insurance systems and working with employers to create high-quality jobs. The funds, Rachel Korberg told Impact Alpha's David Bank that good jobs are the key to unlocking a pandemic paradox, continued high unemployment, at the same time as an urgent shortage of workers. Their podcast conversation came out earlier this week. Have a listen. Impact Alpha subscribers got all of these stories and more in their email each day this week. Welcome back, Amy. Thanks, Moni. Good to be back. So we've been covering COP26 and climate finance all week, but we were really struck by the powerful voices of the young global activists there, uh, which is why we're making Global climate activists are agents of impact this week. Yes, they are certainly a breath of fresh air after seeing the portrait of all of those older male leaders at the opening proceedings. No kidding. So one of them is Elizabeth Watuti, a 26-year-old activist from Kenya who founded the Green Generation Initiative. It's a nonprofit that works with young Kenyans to plant fruit trees that Uh, not only provide food for um, local people, but also help combat climate change. She gave a really moving speech at the opening ceremony, which I think uh, brought some of the leaders there to tears. Right now, as we sit comfortably here in this conference center in Glasgow, over two million of my fellow Kenyans are facing climate-related starvation. In this past year, both of our rainy seasons have failed, and scientists say that it may be another 12 months before the waters return again. 
Meanwhile, our rivers are running dry. Our harvests are failing. Our storehouses stand empty. Our animals and people are dying. I have seen with my own eyes three young children crying at the side of a dried up river after walking 12 miles with their mother to find water. Please open your hearts. If you allow yourself to feel it, the heartbreak and the injustice is hard to bear. Another global climate leader and powerful voice at COP is Vanessa Nakate, a climate activist from Uganda. She's founder of the Rise Up Climate Movement, which amplifies the voices of activists from Africa. And she's also launched a project to install rooftop solar on schools in Uganda. I am from Kampala, Uganda, a country that has one of the fastest changing climates in the world. As I grew up, I studied more and more how the climate crisis was already ravaging vast parts of the African continent, which is tragic and ironic given that Africa is one of the least emitters of CO2 emissions of all continents except for Antarctica. Historically, the entire continent of Africa is responsible for only 3% of global emissions and yet Africans are already suffering some of the most brutal impacts fueled by the climate crisis. The climate and ecological crisis is not just about weather patterns. It's not just about statistics. It's about the people. It's about real people. Real people like me. Real people like you. Watuti and Nakate are among the voices inside and outside the hall, many of them young women from the global south that are providing a counter narrative at what has been called one of the least inclusive global climate summits ever. And Monique, I was struck by the resonance with your reconstruction podcast earlier this week with the Donors of Color Network. It's completely aligned. The Donors of Color Network is pushing to get more support for Black, Indigenous, and people of color-led environmental justice groups who are doing the most to fight climate change. On the podcast, we had Danielle Dean Ryan, who's an advisor to the Donors of Color Network, Ashindi Maxton, the executive director, and Sharon Chen, chair of the board of the Donors of Color Action Group. Here's Danielle talking about their work. The Climate Funders Justice Pledge asks for two things. One, um, it asks all the funders, uh, the top 40 funders, uh, for the last two years uh, to say, what dollars have I put into communities um, of color and the organizations that um, are responsive to those communities? And the second piece is to ask organizations to commit, ask those foundations to commit to getting to 30% of their annual U.S. funding. Uh, to go to organizations that are led by people of color. And then Sharon brought it from the abstract or esoteric to the real world and talking about her experience right in her hometown. There's so, so much money just flowing in my city um, in Seattle to so climate solutions that look like, oh, how do we make it better for rich people 
to be more responsible rather than how do we make it for the millions of people in Puget Sound to get where they need to go? That's an example of the shift in perspective that we need. It's been a busy week, Amy. Thanks for joining. Thank you, Monique. Good to be back. That's going to do it for this week's Impact Briefing. Thank you to Amy, as well as thanks to our producer, Isaac Silk. Subscribe to get full access to the site and the Daily Brief. Right now, we're offering podcast listeners $100 off their first subscription. Go to impactalpha.com slash subscribe and use the code BRIEFING100. Thank you for listening. I'm Monique Aiken, Managing Director for TIP, the Investment Integration Project. Make sure to check back for next week's briefing. Until then, take care.